On a brand new edition of Josh Nason's Punch-Out, the Pro Wrestling Year in Review series continues with a stop in June. We are halfway through the series. How about that? Helping me this month, Mike Gilbert from Brace for Impact and the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. He and J.D. Oliva do a podcast over there. We talk everything happened in a very wild June, which included the official debut of AEW Collision. That's right there. Third show, CM Punk back in the mix. At least for a little bit, we talk everything around the debut and a little bit of what happened after that. Of course, Forbidden Door took place that month. Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega 2. All types of live gate records. Danielson versus Okada. Jungle Boy. CM Punk returning to pay-per-view, even though they didn't advertise it that well. All kinds of stuff there. We also talk about a relatively quiet month for WWE as everything was taking shape for Money in the Bank in July. We chat about everything the month in WWE. NXT, of course, Impact Wrestling, Mike being an expert there, we chat about a brand new Impact World Champion, a brand new X Division Champion, and all kinds of other stuff as well. Of course, the news in Japan and the junk drawer with everything else from the month that didn't fit in, including the passing of the legendary Iron Sheik at 81 years young. So enjoy this episode. Myself and Mike Gilbert on Josh Nason's Punch-Out, talking all about the Pro Wrestling Year Review Series focusing on June 2023. Enjoy. Well, the year interview series rolls on. I look back at the year that was in professional wrestling, 2023. And joining me at this time is a returning guest from last year when he made his debut. As promised, he is back. Uh, Mike Gilbert, podcaster, host of the uh, co-host, who don't want to offend JD, of the Mike and JD <laughs> show. You can hear Voice in Wrestling and some other uh, programs as well. Brace for Impact, of course. We'll uh, we'll talk about yes, those. Sir. We'll talk about some impact in this show. And uh, you know, you know, I was talking a little bit before, before air, but uh, tell the good folks what you've been up to for the last year. All kinds of stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, a lot to change since you and I last talked. So we we uh we we had a mutual parting of the ways with the fight game media. They uh they they changed up their business model a little bit. Uh, so JD and I went and looked for another opportunity. We uh and we were able to to land pretty nicely with uh, Joe and Rich over on the Voices of Wrestling Radio Network, uh, where we do the mic. We brought our Mike and JD show over there. Um, we, and we actually go live on YouTube every Thursday night. Um, sometimes nine thirty, sometimes ten thirty Eastern. But we we uh. We go live every Thursday night and um, live on their YouTube channel. And then, of course, you can get it anywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And then we actually also started on Patreon, which is really exciting, um, where we, you can get that show. Uh, Brace for Impact still lives on there. I do it now as a solo show because uh, JD got sick of Impact and then quit. <laughs> oh, so, no. so so I'm doing, I'm doing that show. But JD started his own solo show called the JD Oliva Project. And then we do an extra bonus show called uh, Overtime, where we just kind of discuss all kinds of things. Our latest release was actually a uh, a um, a one hour special on the JFK assassination. So we 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 yeah. talk we talk old school wrestling. We talk whatever we want to talk about. Sometimes we get into aliens, but this we actually have a full hour on uh, JFK. So we actually just did one of those recently. Um, and then of course I, I do like you know you know semi routine like news update shows on there while it's just me and my cell phone doing a quick audio about whatever breaking news is happening. I'll, I'll record that in my office at work. So 
Uh, we've got a lots of stuff happening over there. We where we had as far as our downloads go, like we started our YouTube channel also in August, and we we started out at zero, and here we are, uh, December second, um, and we're about eight hundred strong subscribers there. So we're actually pushing to get to one thousand, hopefully here pretty soon. So Very yeah, cool. things are looking up for us, man. Good, love to hear it. Love to hear it. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about all kinds of things. I'm sure, we've talked about throughout the course of the year. Of course, we're looking uh, back the year that was. Focusing this month on June, so this is your first time here. Uh, every episode, I talk with a different co-host, and we essentially go through a different month throughout the year in order. So this uh, this week, uh, this episode rather, we arrive at June, and June was a big month, uh, especially for AEW, and that's where we'll begin uh, this month in this co- part of the conversation, because AEW Collision debuted Saturday Night Collision, as they originally called it, but everyone just calls it AEW Collision at this point. Yeah, and of course, it featured the triumphant return of cm punk back to action and this is his first action in aw since september of the year prior of course with uh brawl out thing has been talked about to death team with uh ftr uh opened the show with a return promo and said had a uh said the world title still belongs to him had the we eventually would learn what would be the title in this uh red bag uh made some line about counterfeit bucks and <laughs> uh, all those type of things. Uh, so the, the certainly a more interesting promo than the one we heard this past Monday. <laughs> yes, on Raw for sure. His uh, his debut return. Uh, so we'll go through kind of the lead up and everything like that, and, and get some thoughts. But Luchasaurus won the TNT title on the show. We had Miro and Andrade uh, making their returns after long absences. Miro had also been out since All Out from the prior year. Uh, the show was a hit. At least premiere was topping eight hundred thousand viewers. Beat Dynamo. Beat Dynamo. Beat Dynamite in the key demo. Uh, the company, company in the, in the days leading up the show, uh, signed deals to stream live on TSM plus in Canada, uh, on, uh, AEW plus on fight on UK TV, not live, but a few days later commentary team, Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis with some Jim Ross, unfortunately for that first show, not too great for Jim Ross, uh, leading us into it. Tony Khan said he hadn't drawn any hard lines or locked AEW into a roster split. That was a big talk going into the show as well. Was uh, basically it was going to be similar to uh, you know kind of the idea for Raw and SmackDown was two kind of different rosters, but he said he hadn't really locked into that. Uh, in the days leading up, Jim Ross suffered a black eye and he said a fall. Uh, was still going to appear at the show? Did appear at the show? His voice was awful. Uh, just was not good, raspy, and uh, later apologized for that and said he was taking some time off to heal. Uh, Chris Hero was backstage at the show working as a producer on a trial basis, and uh, Elton John's uh, iconic Saturday Nights All Right for Fighting. Was announced as the opening theme. Certainly wasn't cheap, uh, I assume, to get that. So yeah, this was a you know an eventful show. Featured obviously, you know, Punk was was the big focus of this, and all the months and months and months of of what's going to happen. Is he going to come back? How is he going to come back? How's this whole thing going to work? We started to have some answers, but what we didn't know is it was going to be the beginning of the end. Yeah, you know, he came back with his return promo and he really didn't do anything to bring the locker room together. In fact, I think Collision was uh, became a bigger divider of the locker room because he only wanted certain people on Collision. Uh, it, you know, it ends up coming out later that he actually had a lot of hand in booking, uh, the booking of Collision. Like Collision was like the CM Punk show and uh, he wanted certain people there and uh, he didn't want the Young Bucks there. And, 
his return promo, like you said, was way better than what he just did on Raw earlier this week. Um, It was very fiery, very passionate. It was actually controversial and polarizing, which is what we didn't get on Raw, despite the fact that he had been promoted as such the entire show. And he came out and said essentially nothing. But the controversial and polarizing CM Punk was what we saw here on the the debut episode of uh, Collision. You know, I was, I don't know about you, man, but I was, um, I was not excited about the idea of collision because I'm very much of the opinion that there's probably a little bit too much wrestling on television. I only got so many many hours in the day. (laughs) Um, And so I was going to be a guy that would have to pick between Dynamite and Collision. But then when Collision started, I think CM Punk and myself have kind of like a similar taste in pro wrestling. And I was like, okay, well, I think Collision aligns more with what I like to watch. So I thought that was going to become my show, and then eventually it just uh, it, it became another rampage where I, I don't really pay attention to it unless something crazy happens. But um, and then you know Miro and Andrade uh, coming back, um, I you know a couple of malcontents I would say, and um, they they seem to kind of come in and out of this promotion, and um, but Andrade appears to be back now in full force. Miro kind of hit and miss. So he's I don't know what's going on with that guy. You and I had a conversation about him last year too, didn't we? I think uh, so. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that guy, but, um, but you know, yeah, this is a, a really interesting and a big time pivotal moment for the company. Um, the show doesn't appear to be doing very good right now up against college football, but maybe it'll lead to a part of this big rights deal that they're thinking they're going to get. Yeah. I think the, as we've learned, you know, the Saturdays are, are really tough because of college football and also, because once a month they're going up against a WWE huge show, you know, uh, pay-per-view slash PLE, whatever you want to call it now. And uh, occasionally, you know, an NXT show. So it's a, yeah, it, it's tough because they have competition uh, from a lot of different areas. Yeah. College football, especially, which is having a huge, huge season as always. Uh, yeah. I, it's, uh, I was talking actually in the last episode to, uh, to Jason Powell, pro wrestling that. And I, you know, we we're talking about how we, we like, we like the format difference. Like it feels aesthetically, it feels different than uh dynamite. It has a different color scheme look, but just, you know, the pacing of the show is different. It's like a little slower. Uh, your, mm-hmm. your main event match is usually always like 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, depending on the stars. And that was big early, you know, these basically, you know, the, the ring announcements uh, started at like, you know, nine 30. Right. I mean, these guys are, are basically doing that and they have a solid 20 plus minutes to go. Some days that's good. Some weeks it's not. But yeah, it's um, but yeah, it, it's a it's yet another show, and you know, five hours as we, it's really tough going into the pay per view weeks, right? Because you have, yeah. you know, Dynamite, Rampage, and then Collision, five hours plus, you know, a solid five hour pay per view plus you know the two hour press conference for those watch those things after. It's a it's a lot of AEW in a, a lot in a compressed time, so yeah, I'll be interested to see kind of where, you know, where the company's at when um when these deals come through, because obviously, you know, punk was the leader of collision, but now he's not there anymore. So they yeah. don't really have like a figurehead star. I mean, Danielson's close like that, but he's also hurt a lot and he's not going to be around forever as he's talked about. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of question marks. I, I you know, I don't think it ever get canceled, but I kind of wonder how, I wonder how this whole thing is going to work and how many hours a is going to have when this is all said and done. It's good. What's going to be most beneficial for them. Yeah. And you know, I can, 
I can link back to the the beginning of Collision as to when kind of my interest in AEW started to wane a little bit because I feel like the booking team is a bit overextended because the the television all the television overall has gotten less interesting um, since since all of it and I know in the last couple of months specific specifically um, to where like JD and I in our show we really soured on what we were watching on AEW the pay per views are still really good. Because on the pay per views, Tony Khan will just say go out there and kill it, and mm-hmm. and you get that. Despite the fact that M, you know, Bogo Max is what we call MJF Bogo Max. Uh, uh, his uh, his uh, headlining act has you know caused AEW to have a buy one get one free free for for much of their <laughs> shows uh, during yeah. during yeah during his act. But you know, despite the fact that he had that horrendous uh you know pay per view long storyline uh, this on uh, full gear. Uh, for the most part, the pay-per-views are always really good, but I think the weekly television show has uh, has gotten worse, and I think it uh, kind of links back to having way too much television. It's really difficult to to produce all those hours of TV, and um, but and now they're getting to where they're just kind of filling hours of content as opposed to getting people interested in watching their television. Sure. Later in the month, a uh, speaking of pay-per-view, very successful one, AEW uh, New Japan Forbidden Door Two broke the. Company's live gate record in Toronto, a legit sellout there. Uh, I believe it did over a million dollar gate, if I remember right. It was a uh, a loaded card, and you did not have the full rash of injuries that you did the year before. So we got to see matches like Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. Will Ospreay picking up the victory there. Brian Danielson submitting uh, Skyusha Okada in the main event, broke his forearm during that. Again, we're talking about injuries. Just really tough, these um, continued injuries as, as Danielson tries to you know, navigate this last year of his career. Uh, Naito team with Darby Allen Sting in a trios match. We had uh, MJF defending the uh, AEW world title against Tanahashi. Kind of right around the middle of the card, if I if I remember right. I don't think it opened the show. Um, Jungle Boy turned against Hook on the event. And then CM Punk made his return to pay-per-view in like the most unheralded, like blah way ever in a Owen Cup uh, opener against Toshi Kojima. And it was just, I remember as part of the, you know, the announcement of collision, he was back, you know, they started putting up the, uh, I don't know if it was week one or week two, but they put up the, uh, the brackets all of a sudden it's just like, oh, CM Punk is going to be at uh, forbidden door. It, but, but it was like, kind of just like, like anybody, you know, it wasn't made out yeah. to be a big deal, anything like that, which was really surprising. And then uh, Adam Cole was off the show due to an illness, which we assumed to be COVID. And unfortunately for uh, filthy Tom Lawler, his opportunity to compete against Cole, which uh, that was set up for that show, was gone. Um, is obviously not going to get that chance back. I, I think everyone, you know, he does a podcast for us, obviously. Everyone just felt really awful for, for Tom that he got yeah. this, had this big opportunity, and he wasn't even, you know, used on the show. So hopefully he'll get a chance to do something for them, maybe at this next one, you know, coming up in June. But uh, yeah, overall, yeah, another uh, really great pay per view. Action was great. The Omega Osprey match was great. Um, you know, I didn't love Danielson Okada, but you know, some people did. But uh, overall, I mean, yeah, it's hard to hard to complain about you know pay per views that when the in ring quality quality holds up, uh, despite the fact they're you know hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you know, I I for my money, I thought this was um you know top one or two pay per views of the year. Um, and I'm with you. I was not a big fan of the Danielson Okada match, but I mean, look, Danielson got hurt during the match, and so true. Uh, yeah. Oka- Okada matches kind of uh, for the first 20 minutes of an Okada match, you, you almost can always skip them, but uh, it's usually the last five to ten minutes where they pick up. But you know, Danielson was hurt, so they didn't really actually get into the next gear, unfortunately. But I mean, Osprey versus Omega tore the house down, and uh, it was a really fun show. I even really liked. 
you know, Punk versus Kojima. I happen to be a fan of Kojima, but I, it's not exactly a marquee match. And and Punk is was their absolute top star. You would think that he would have been going up against somebody a, a bit more, um, that more what more of a top star for New Japan because Kojima, he's you know in his fifties. He's just a guy that they kind of just let anybody use. Like he's been on. He's he's actually here's what they think about Kojima in New Japan. He's working for MLW here coming up here pretty soon. So yeah. <laughs> like uh, they they just kind of like anybody can use Kojima. Anybody can beat Kojima. And uh, so they, they threw him a, a, a against him. So it would have been nice to see Punk against the bigger top name star that the New Japan has. But uh, overall, I thought it was uh, one of the funnest pay-per-views of the year. Mm. Yeah, good crowd. I think that makes a big difference. I've talked about that before. Uh, yeah, it's fun to see lively crowds. I mean, you see it now in WWE yeah. all the time. But, you know, these fans were were into this. The ring was well lit. It felt like you were watching something. I remember that. That definitely stood out. And, yeah, great place uh, to have it. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens uh, this June. So let me go over the chunk of the rest of uh, – we'll split this up into two groups here. A lot of headlines for the rest of the month. And I'll kick it over to you for thoughts on this first chunk because I know in the second one you definitely have thoughts. On one of the headlines, yeah. what you told me before, we'll let we'll let you yeah. cook with that, as they say. Uh, Tony Khan said he saw the opportunity in launching a free ad supported channel, what they call a fast channel. You know, part of a like Pluto or any of these you know free services that you have. So we'll see if that's part of the uh, uh, upcoming rights deal because that'd be something through WBD and they have some deals with some fast providers. So that could be something just to get their name out there and to uh, a lot of people that you know are using these free services as opposed to paying for cable. Uh, Pac was expected to make his return soon. Matt Jackson obtained a special license for the spot he did to double nothing when essentially had uh, fireworks coming out of his shoe. Uh, so that was uh, kind of cool. Uh, Ring of Honor revealed the date that for death before dishonor in uh, July. So it'll be July in Trenton, New Jersey. On pay-per-view, Lance Archer revealed that he'd been dealing with a torn triceps. Uh, Danielson Okada again, Omega Osprey was made during the month for Forbidden Door. Jeff Jarrett filed trademark for the term heat. I don't know if what he actually, worker. I don't know if he actually got the term. <laughs> I doubt it, but uh, yeah. I can't imagine. I imagine just a judge or whoever, uh, just looking at this and be like, what, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> um, AW and WBD, uh, now they're launching a mobile game called figure fighters in 2024. We saw the seeds of the MJF Adam Cole bromance, the bro chachos. Because they had a world title eliminator match on Dynamite that ended up being a 30-minute draw. And then about a couple weeks later, it was learned they would team in the AEW Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament. Just randomly, by draw, they were paired together. How does that happen? It's crazy. <laughs> uh, the video game roster was revealed for Fight Forever. The company had to fire BJ Whitmer, who was a producer backstage following a domestic violence arrest. That was obviously pretty terrible. The victim said she was literally fighting for her life. Uh, BJ Whitmer again was fired and Probably will never hear from them again. Uh, AW Grand Slam was announced it was returning in September to Queens, New York, and the company revealed their brackets for the Owen Hart Foundation's tournaments, uh, both the men and women, that will run through the summer and uh, end on an episode of Collision. Thoughts about any of that? Uh, you know, Jared, is a, he's the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, tra trademarking yeah. the term heat. Like, I, I'm sure. I wonder if he's ever tried to trademark the word Christmas. You know, like he, he just <laughs> seems like he seems like one of those one of those guys. Um, yeah, you know, um, Pac is very interesting to me because did he? I'm trying to remember. Did he ever come back? No, no, because he missed. No. Uh, he missed um, uh, all in. So yeah, he, yeah. he didn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I, and I don't know that it ever got revealed exactly what's going on with him. Like, I don't know what kind of injury he's had or, or, or what, or if, you know, what, what issues are going on there, but, uh, 
he he's been missed to say the least. He's been one of he was one of every time he's on the show, he's usually one of my favorite parts of the show. And we just have not seen him in a long time. And I actually sometimes you forget just how good he is because it's been so long since we've seen him. You know, um, actually, he did I stand correct, he did come back. He came back in blood and guts. Oh, he that's right. And then the he, gut, and then he got hurt and then he took on Claudio in the uh for the at, at death before this honor and he competed on okay. dynamite against gravity and then that was it so i don't know if he re-aggravated something but yeah he was he was back for like three matches and then gone that's how that's how much the impact that made yeah yeah the man that gravity forgot did, did gravity because yeah. gravity's not good um maybe <laughs> did he get hurt against gravity because that I, would be i don't know that'd possible. be weird yeah, yeah. That, that's very possible yeah but um you know uh, we talk about, I don't want to get too much into BJ Whitmer, but yeah, that guy should never be brought back again. Um, that's one of those, like, you know, what they're saying about him is true because AEW right away got rid of that guy. Because typically, like, if there's like, if they're on the fence about whether or not something is legit, they'll wait some time and investigate. But the, the moment that story came out, that dude was gone. So hopefully he never comes back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's crazy. We could both, both completely forgot that Pac returned. Like it just, <laughs> yeah, I, I was yeah. there. I was there for that show too. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's go to the second, uh, second chunk here. Uh, AW seamstress Sandra Gray announced that she was going to retire. Don Callis planning to add new members to his family. So we have the, the seeds of that began in June. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello, or Ty Mello rather, uh, announced they were expecting a baby girl. Santana teased his return with a new video. Him uh, speaking on blood and gets him tearing up his knee in the uh, 2022 edition, Thunder Rosa gave an injury update, so she's trying to return as soon as possible. As we sit here at uh, first of a few days of December, still has not made it back in the ring. Uh, CM Punk, uh, let's see, Tony Tony Khan said CM Punk is very important to AEW and has been a big draw. No kidding. Uh, Punk <laughs> said that he regretted the all-out media scrum incident, saying he handled it the wrong way. Uh, Stardom talent was not expected at uh, Forbidden Door 2. So we'll see if that ever happens at some point. It's kind of odd that there's not at least, you know, one or two matches. There's always an AEW women's title match, like in, in, in a promotion, in the promotion, but not anything that's like, you know, with Stardom talent. So kind of strange. Maybe we'll see if that changes this year. Uh, Billy Gunn said the company reached out to X-Pac to come in. Uh, EJ and Duker is reportedly under AEW contract. And as we sit here in December, who knows? He could be. We still have not seen him <laughs> on TV. Uh, Tony Khan said the battle of belts will continue despite the uh, the addition of collision. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs joins AEW as a producer. Eddie Kingston returned to the company on an episode of Dynamite as his sojourn in the Ring of Honor uh, took a took a break there. Uh, they didn't really announce. You know, they made a kind of a big deal of him leaving AEW. He was all mad. He just came back. That was about it. <laughs> uh, Miro said he was looking for answers and not getting any during his time away from AEW. Bandito suffered a uh, wrist injury during a AEW Rampage match. He had to get surgery on. And apparently the surgery didn't go that well, so he now has to get a second surgery. So who knows when we're going to see him again. Uh, Fuego Del Sol announced his departure from the company, and then they filed a trademark for AEW Rise to the Top. That has not uh, played out in any form or fashion yet uh, within AEW. <laughs> Thoughts about any of that, including Jimmy Jacobs? Yeah, you know, Josh, I think when the story of 2023 is written and kind of like the downfall of AEW and the, well, the, let's just say the love affair of the internet with AEW, because I always felt like AEW when they were bad, um, they got a pass for most of their hardcore fans. Well, a lot of those hardcore fans have kind of turned against them the last few months. And I think it all starts right here in the month of June, starting with specifically the brochachos and the silliness of uh, Bogo Max on top. 
and all the crap that him and Adam Cole were doing. And the fact that we got Roderick Strong in a neck brace sh- uh, yelling Adam, Adam, Adam all the way throughout the show. It starts that all that nonsense starts here. Um, and it also coincides with the signing of Jimmy Jacobs. Now, I had to put up with Jimmy Jacobs' crap for years uh, when he was uh, the, the lead writer for Impact. All right. This is the guy that started a, a witchcraft uh gimmick for taylor wild where she was um getting mind control over people using tarot cards and wrestling matches um he 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 had that an impact he has now since brought that to aew with um he was called the covenant impact now julia hart's doing something similar right uh in, in aew um he he was the guy that was killing people in impact like he he murdered Allie. Uh, during during an episode of Impact, um, he actually put Taya Valkyrie into a coffin, and she was eaten alive by the coffin and died, and then just showed back up on showed up on AEW. Like that's the guy that they brought over. Now, I know that he's probably more famous for doing the list of Jericho and things like that in WWE, but I had to watch this guy do all his silly nonsense here in Impact for years, and now he is like legitimately. And this has been reported. It's not me just making it up. Like it's been reported out there. Several sources have cited that Jimmy Jacobs is on like private jets with Tony Khan, and he's like his number two in command right now. Um, and he's act- actively writing all the shows. And AEW has gotten sillier and sillier and sillier since uh, Jimmy Jacobs has been involved. Now here lately with the Continental Classic, they've actually turned a little bit of a round. There's a bit more wrestling on the show. Max has been tempered a little bit. He actually had a good promo this week on on Dynamite. Roderick Strong still in a neck brace. <laughs> yeah. But he's wrestling again. At least we get him in the ring, so that's good. But um, I, I think when the story is written of AEW, it's going to start right here in the month of June. So I'm glad that you brought me on. And uh, Max Maxwell Jacob Friedman doing all his nonsense on top, and Jimmy Jacobs writing silly stuff all throughout the show. Mm. Well said. Can't add anything more. To that <laughs> was there anything else here you want to end on that Jim on that Jimmy Jacobs rant? Uh, yeah, that that would be a good note to to, to come out of. But NJ. Uh, EJ and Duca, I thought was a good signing for them. We just have not seen him on television. I think he's only been working like well, tell he might be on Rampage. I don't know, and I don't, yeah. I don't watch, and I don't watch Ring of Honor, so he could be on there, but it hasn't. Um, nope. Neither show. I really, I I thought that he would be kind of a guy for them, but maybe they signed him and they're like, oh, this is why WWE got rid of him because he did do like some time with Court Bauer and MLW, and and yeah, you know, for whatever we want to say about Court, like he is really a good cultivator of talent. And there's a lot of great talented wrestlers in AEW right now that came from MLW, MJF specifically, right? Um, so, like, he has a good eye for talent. I thought that EJ and Duca would be something, but he just hasn't really done anything. So uh, yeah. maybe maybe we'll see that next year. He also, it's very possible he might not be under contract. And because you think if he was, he would be in at least Ring of Honor, you know, doing something because yeah. they have so many random people there. They bring in, it's a... Uh, yeah, he's only he only had the one match when they used to do AW Dark. I remember that, and uh, that was it. So yeah, he might not wow. be signed. Remember he he retweeted someone who made a, a NJ, EJ and Duca all elite graphic, and then he yeah. deleted the tweet, and then that was it. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, who knows? didn't didn't Fightful report that he was signed, or at least yeah. at least yeah. So I thought there was a report that came out that he was signed, but yeah, like I just have seen no evidence that that's the case. Yeah. Let's flip to uh, WWE in a pretty quiet month overall because they had two pay-per-views or PLEs, whatever, in uh, in May with uh, Backlash and then uh, Night of Champions. So a no PLE month, but there was a lot of our news. There wasn't really, you know, I guess I'll put this, uh, you know, it's kind of this money in the bank. Actually, no, I won't put the money in the bank stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll get to this here. But kind of, I'll, I'll run through this these chunks. There really wasn't anything that, that stood out. Um, 
So I don't know what that says about the company at this point. But Alexa Bliss <laughs> said uh, WWE extended her contract, and she was talking to some plans to return. Uh, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, announced he was returned to the Fast and Furious franchise. However, NBC canceled Young Rock, the TV series that they decided to put up uh, head-to-head against SmackDown in its final season. So uh, good move there. But yeah, the, the Young Rock TV series, unfortunately, is no more. Uh, Braun Strowman underwent neck fusion surgery. The company, a couple new belts during this month, unveiled a brand new undisputed universal championship belt, of course, given to the tribal chief himself, Roman Reigns, after his big win at uh, WrestleMania. Emma and Riddick Moss announced their engagement. Uh, Liv Morgan says she has a torn shoulder. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar 3. Well, we learned it was a plan for SummerSlam and possible bull rope match. That was some discussion at the time, according to Dave Meltzer. Uh, WWE and Twitch officially announced a multi-year partnership. And then Money in the Bank started taking shape for July. So we had the Bloodline Civil War made official. Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns for the world title. Uh, Becky Lynch and Zoe Zark qualified for the women's ladder match. The field was set for the men's ladder match. With a world heavyweight title match set with uh, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. That would start in NXT, which we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Logan Paul was added to the Money in the Bank ladder match. Trish Stratus added to the women's match. And then Gunter versus Matt Riddle for the IC title added to the uh, uh, added to the card as well. So, yeah, we had, uh, you know, again, it was a, you know, we'll, we'll kind of stop here. There was a, it was a transition month, as I mentioned, because they had the, the two big events in, um, in, uh, in May. But yeah, it was it was really the continuation of the bloodline stuff, and it was just kind of a, I want to say a boring month, but there really wasn't a lot that kind of happened. This is you know kind of yeah. kind of indicative of this. You know, more more and more bloodline, and and you know some people being like, all right already. Uh, some people just loving it all the way. But yeah, this is kind of kind of where we're at. Yeah, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson going back to Fast and Furious is kind of like CM Punk going back to WWE. Right. Uh, yeah. there, was a, there was a lot of heat there between him and Vin Diesel. And he actually did like this whole video cutting a promo on Tyrese, making fun of Tyrese's music, which I appreciate because Tyrese's music sucks. <laughs> um, but um, it, go, him going back there is quite wild. Uh, canceling the Young Rock TV series. I think it got canceled because... I'm a huge wrestling fan. I never watched a single episode. It just didn't uh, didn't really seem interesting to me. Um, Emma and Riddick Moss announced their engagement. Uh, that's only interesting to me because I think that act is coming to TNA uh, early next year. I, mm. they, they've both of them have recently gotten fired. Uh, Tennille Dashwood is a uh, uh, was here for a long. Well, was it TNA for a War Impact Wrestling? I guess for a long time. And uh, Riddick Moss is probably a guy that AEW is not all that interested in. And uh, but he, I think he's a guy that's got a little bit of talent. And uh, I think that act shows up on TNA. So I could see that. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about the the bloodline these days? Obviously, you know we're talking about June, but are you still? Is it still kind of a you still like it as much? Do you follow it still, or, or what? What's your kind of take on it as we sit you, here? You know, I was I was so into it earlier this year. I actually went to WrestleMania to watch Cody versus Roman Reigns. I was wow. there in the audience. Yeah. Well, I happened to already be going to California to go visit family during that time, and gotcha. um, it was also my birthday, and so um, I secretly planned a Disneyland trip for that Monday, and I was like, oh hey. By the way, I think WrestleMania is the day before and it's my birthday. And so my wife, you know, got the hints and bought me tickets. And so I ended up uh, meeting up with my with my buddy there at WrestleMania. So I was very into it. I loved all the Sami Zayn stuff. I, I, uh, um, I think it's kind of drug out quite a bit. And it's really about time for Roman to lose that title. Yeah. And I'm hoping that it happens. Uh, I hope I hope Cody gets to this coming up WrestleMania. I was pretty disappointed that he didn't win um at uh, mania earlier this year but i gotta say like in the audience 
I was one of the few people mad about that, by the way. Like the whole section I was in were all bloodline fans. Like Roman Reigns, he's supposed to be a heel, but he was the most over babyface on the whole show. So huh, interesting. Um, people are st- people are still very into it. Yeah, I, I agree. I was talking to a couple episodes ago with that Kate Elizabeth from Fightful, and we were talking about WrestleMania month. And uh yeah, Cody, it it just you know, you have certain these certain things along the way, like the uh, the Drew McIntyre could even one of there Sammy Zayn that was a big discussion for February and yeah. uh to me but I was just like no because Cody's gonna win it at Mania it's the right thing mm-hmm. he didn't I'm just like just is that shake your head <laughs> thing I'm just like what what yeah. why not why not so yeah. you know they keep the always the refrain is always like uh you know the story is not over yet it's like okay there's only so many times you can hear that for it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah so uh let's go through the uh the other rest of the the rest of the month in wwe conor mcgregor uh former two-time ufc champion so he's uh, not really interested in joining wwe no big surprise there uh, i love when wwe and, and pro wrestling because the junk drawer for all these celebrities to be like yeah, just go to WWE. We're go to they're gonna go to pro wrestling and things like that, as if it's right. you know as easy as like getting onto like a city bus or something like that. Like they just they <laughs> yeah. just walk in and do whatever they want. And actually, I'm I'm glad because now the celebrities they brought in, um, there's actually a standard now. If you think about yeah. it, Logan Paul and Bad Bunny, these guys like they go, they, they they go balls out, they're like they're doing it. They ruined it for all these lazy ass celebrities that think they, they can did. just show up and make a <laughs> ton did. of money, right? Like they, yeah. they ruined it for a guy like Jeremy Piven or somebody like that, like that the once did fest. it, like, oh, maybe I can fall back on that, right? Yeah. So yeah, Logan Paul and Bad Bunny are tremendous. Yeah. Uh Ron Rousey and Shayna Baszler unified both the WWE and NXT women's tag team titles. Edge was uh advertised for an August WWE SmackDown Toronto that ended up being his final batch for the company, at least for now anyway, who knows? Uh, company unveiled a new WB women's title belt, and uh, Charlotte Flair returned from uh, an absence. Uh, company announced that their exclusive TV rights negotiating windows were done with NBC Universal and Fox, meaning uh, rights for SmackDown and Raw could go up for, for anyone. So uh, we learned how that would start to play out. The company announced a return to Germany for a house show tour. Kofi Kingston gave a positive update and recovery from ankle surgery. The judge denied a WWE motion to dismiss the amended MLW antitrust lawsuit. So that rolled on. Company announced a payback for September in Pittsburgh, Fastlane for October in Indianapolis. Gable Stevenson said he was intending to use his final year of college wrestling eligibility. So again, the Gable Stevenson will he, won't he uh, thing just kind of kept rolling on as well. I, I just, I don't know. He, he's an outstanding uh, collegiate wrestling talent, but he just does not seem that into pro wrestling. I don't know what it is or if it's just he wants to use those up and focus, but you know, he was brought in with so much like uh so much attention and fanfare and things like that. And I think there's so many, so many people that are just like, oh, he's the next Lesnar, he's the next angle, he's the next this yeah. before he even started training. But all but the person also has to want to do it. I don't know if he has it, you know. I just don't he's made yeah. appearances. I just I just don't get that sense that there's some people they go to the PC and they're like or start training wrestling. They're like, this is it. They have mm-hmm. it. And they're like, this is, this is my life now. I know he's, he's obviously super talented collegiate wrestling. I just, I just don't feel like it's it. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, J- JD, my, my podcast partner is actually a college wrestler. Oh. He's been a, a high school um, coach and he was a, um, not an NCAA coach, but a, um, a AAU wrestling coach for yeah, years. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so he's a gold certified coach and all that stuff he's very big into that community and uh, he knows people in gable steveson's inner circle and he's talked about it openly on our show that uh he ain't got it and 
Um, he's used to being good at everything, and this is just something that he's not good at, and he's probably going to be moving on uh, sooner rather than later. But uh, yeah. Gable's brother has it. Gable's yes. brother might actually make it, right? Uh, Gable's brother, Damon Kemp, is not as good a collegiate wrestler as Gable is, but he has the aptitude for pro wrestling. Uh, Gable just does not. And not and and look, you can be the greatest athlete in the world. That doesn't mean that you can, you know, that your skills translate to pro wrestling. You know, Jade Cargill is a tremendous athlete. She's got two left feet in the ring, right? So, like a, a lot of people are really, really good at what they can do in, as far as sports wise. Pro wrestling takes a unique type of talent. Gable just might not have it. And and that's okay. I'd like to see Gable go to the UFC. Yeah, I think I, I think he could walk in there day one and start whooping up on some tomato cans and, you know, build him up a little bit. And maybe he can have something there. But for wrestling, he just might not have it. Yep. Yeah, it's very possible. Yeah. If you had that wrestling base and you're going to the MMA, you are like you're so far ahead because you can learn. Not everyone can learn the striking, but you look at the, the list of champions that were able to learn it, but had wrestling as base like guys like Randy Couture, uh, Brock Lesnar, Cormier. Cormier, these guys. I mean, they they have it. You start with that as a base. That's a good. That's a good place to be. And right now, Bo Nickel, uh, who's a guy that just a, a younger, oh, yeah. younger guy that just signed there, is a uh, out, outstanding uh, collegiate wrestler, and, and he's doing great so far. You know, they brought him along slow through the champions, uh, champion series, the uh, Tuesday night contender series, and things like that. So yeah. there's a there's a path, and there's a path to make some great money there. So maybe they'll keep him in the family, just transfer the contract over to. Uh, uh, convert to a TKL contract where they yeah. have to do a bit. God, just do this instead. You don't have to be in WWE. No, no I, I and I, I think that would that would be perfect for him. Look, not everybody's cut out for WWE, but I, I think Gable Stevenson, if he puts all his energy, um, and you can get by on being a great athlete in USC far more than you can in WWE. Um, but if he picks up the striking a little bit, like Daniel Cormier did, um, mm-hmm. and I think he he is the template, and he's a better wrestler than Daniel Cormier. Gable Stevenson is one of the greatest collegiate wrestlers of all time. Right. Olympic, you know, Olympic gold medalist. He's he's one of the goats. And so I think that he automatically becomes a contender in the heavyweight division there if he does make the transfer. All right. Go through the other headlines here. Uh, Tomasa Ciampa returned on Raw and attacked The Miz. Sonya Deville was said she was living in fight or flight mode after attempted kidnapping. L.A. Knight said concern over his age led to the Max Dupree character initially in WWE and he thought he was going to be fired in 2022. Becky Lynch opened up about her struggle with a post weaning depression. Uh, Liv Morgan returned from her shoulder injury on SmackDown. Carmelo Hayes wrestled Finn Balor on edition of raw, of course, tying into NXT, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. Uh, the company announced a backstage interviewer shakeup with a raw and SmackDown, huge news, Jackie Redman uh, <laughs> and Kathy Kelly swapping brands there. So major story uh, rapper, uh, Lil Uzi Vert released a song called Nakamura. Bailey says she begs Mercedes Monet to return to WWE and thinks she might get her wish at some point. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. sad news, a uh, former uh, WWE talent wrestler uh, draws Darren draws passing away at 54. Uh, again, just living a, a, a tough life after uh, getting paralyzed following the, uh, the match with D'Lo Brown. Um, and uh, yes, uh, I mean, severed his spine or somebody yeah, confined to a wheelchair yeah. Really sad story, but he was, uh, you know, trying to be as inspirational as he could be. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was a, a sad death throughout the year. But yeah, thoughts about any of that before we move on to NXT? Yeah, you know, um, I think I think Bailey will be getting her wish again very soon. I think so um, too. Yeah, you know, and um, man, so you know, Mercedes Monet shows up at All In, right? I know you're going to cover this in 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 a, in a future episode. Shows up at All In in a walking boot in the crowd. In Wembley Stadium, the biggest show in AEW history, 
Um, everybody thinks she's going to get signed there. And uh, it turns out she's no longer under contract in New Japan and uh, might have been using AEW as a negotiation tactic uh, to get more money out of WWE. And if she did, God bless her for it. What a hero. Um, and uh, <laughs> and look, we just saw we just saw Survivor Series, Charlotte and Becky reunited. You know, there are four horsewomen, and um, I think Bailey's about to be on the outs with the damage control, and that only sets up uh, sets up uh, Sasha Banks coming back. Uh, mm. I, I I dig it. I love it. Mm. Might be. What big event's coming up that that might be a good surprise? Or, oh, Royal Rumble. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Who yeah. Knows? Huh. Yeah, I think that's going to, I think it's going to work out uh, pretty well for her. It's It just, it seems, the more you think about it, it seems like, why wouldn't she, right? They have the money. Yeah. The star power, all this stuff, like that—that's the show now. You know, I mean, yeah. why would and, why wouldn't she? And the guy that she had the problem with, the creative force that she had the problem with, is no longer has the creative influence, right? Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. and and I think that's one of the the bigger stories. I know you're going to talk on that too. Is that you know Ari Emanuel kind of ousting Vince McMahon from creative power and giving autonomy to Triple H, um, which is going to be leading to you know, guys like C, you know, guys, obviously guys like CM Punk coming in, but you know, now Sasha Banks, who, um, who's like, okay, Vince is out. Okay. Now I'm back. Uh, let's do it. And you guys have tons of money. Let's go. Yep. Uh, let's flip to NXT. Uh, a person I could not pick out of a lineup, uh, Kayla Balgard, AKA Kale Dixon on NXT was, uh, going to set to appear on ABC's the bachelorette company. I'll take your word for that one. announced nine recruits for their uh, spring 2023 rookie class dana brooke returned nxt competing in women's battle royal her first appearance there since 2016 is her run in uh wwe would eventually come to an end in a few months the cavender twins Haley and hannah made a background appearance in nxt there was weird uh, what weird stories but just everyone trying to figure out if they're going to be wrestlers or not because they're on these nil deals the whole time, like there's zero point zero percent chance they're going to wrestle. They just they just don't they they just don't have the interest in it. They like getting this nil money. WWE likes yeah. getting attention from these two twins. They're apparently good at college basketball. And uh, this is this is such an age thing. It's like I could I, again I couldn't pick these two out of a lineup either. I, I mean they're tall I, and blonde. I assume because they play basketball. I have no idea. The the only thing I know about them, the only reason I ever heard of them is because, you know, I'm from Exeter, California, which is really close to Fresno, California, and they went to Fresno State, and they're very popular in that area, and so people that I know that went to Fresno State and that tweet about Fresno State sports that I follow were very big into them. I've never seen them play. You said they're pretty good at basketball. I'm going to take your word for it. I think they ended up transferring (laughs) out of Fresno after getting the NIL deal. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that these two are going to the WNBA anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, Trick Williams uh, announced to be appearing for Booker T's reality of wrestling. Nathan Frazier won the heritage cup trophy. Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo returned to NXT at gold rush. Uh, Seth Rollins defending the WWE heavyweight title against Braun breaker. That was kind of a big thing there as the, uh, big stars uh, were coming down to NXT in droves. Gable Stevenson appeared on the show and he said he was going to agree to train Eddie Thorpe. And then Finn Balor attacked uh, Seth Rollins, of course, leading to the uh, the match being made uh, for Money in the Bank. I just talked about sooner, or a little while ago, rather. Grayson Waller announced or uh, revealed he suffered a broken leg in his final uh, NXT match in April. And that ended up keeping out for about three months before he uh, made his main roster, uh, I want to say debut, because he had been on house shows and stuff like that. But kind of after he got called up, uh, making, his, uh, making his way in July, Andre Chase returned. And then a loser leaves town match was set up for uh, July, which is uh, the Dyad versus the Creeds. Thoughts about any of that? 
I not I I'm not really a an active watcher of of NXT. I do love the Creeds though, and I'm glad that they're uh, up on the main roster. The most interesting thing to me was Trick Williams appearing for Reality Wrestling because I've always been of the opinion that WWE should let their NXT talent work indies if they mm. ever want them to get uh, better faster, right, and become more well-rounded performers. I think they should be allowed to go and work the indie circuit. So, and I know Reality of Wrestling is owned by Booker T, so that was the connection there. But I think they should do more of that stuff. I think Trick Williams would benefit from it him specifically because i think he's a talented guy that could actually end up being something for them if they did let him go out there and uh and work the indies yeah i would agree i think the indies would be better off for because i mean there's tons and tons and tons of indies that are doing shows so yeah i think if you uh if you made it uh yeah made it worth their while and say yeah we're trying to get some dates and even if you you know helped out uh subsidize it a little bit so you're not like a guy like Trick Williams is going to cost like a thousand dollars to bring in or something like that. That makes it really right. tough for an indie to make money. But yeah, I think, I think there's a, there's a certain way to do it where you can protect your asset, which I know there would probably be concerned about and also getting them getting, yeah, getting them more ring time in front of crowds and things like that. I think that's, I think there's a win-win there. I think for WWE NXT talent, also for younger AEW talent, that's under contract as well, that they should be, oh, yeah. should be, if, if AEW can't provide the dates, like how do they help? How they help them get more bookings and things like that. So it's a that's yeah that's a that's a good idea. Um, main event time, Mike. Impact oh, wrestling, yeah. the <laughs> soon to be TNA wrestling, but uh, big month for Impact. Of course, uh, title changes abound uh, throughout the summer, really throughout the year, but uh, especially during the summer. Against all odds, a bit of a surprise, I would say. Alex Shelley winning the Impact World Title, defeating uh, Steve Macklin, who had just won the title at April. And, you know, short two-month reign. I was very surprised by this. Chris Sabin winning the X Division title uh, for, I think, the 3,000th time. My number might be off on that, but just has uh, <laughs> won, won a lot of them uh, throughout the year. Uh, Slammiversary taking shape with uh, – I, I used to work in the AHL. I have never heard and, and watched a little hockey. I've never heard of Darren McCarty in the NHL, but he was uh, named the special enforcer for this uh, Impact Slammiversary tag team match. Uh, Deanna Peraza versus Trinity, a knockouts title match was set for Slamversary. So Trinity getting her first shot at Impact's top women's title. Uh, and Alex Shelley, Steve Mack, and world title rematch was set for the company's down under pay per views. Uh, Tanahashi was announced as coming for the Impact uh, New Japan Multiverse United Two shows that uh, get uh, decidedly less attention than the uh, Forbidden Door shows, but <laughs> um, but uh, still some you know some good in ring action there. Leo Rush was announced for the uh, Summer Sizzler tour. Uh, slam anniversary again started to take shape. Uh, Scott Demore and PCO taking on Steve Macklin, Bully Ray. That would be the match that would include uh, Darren McCarty. Tag team title four way announced this show that would uh, eventually, spoiler alert, would see uh, Chris Bay and Ace Austin lose the title to the dastardly rascals. Uh, Chris Saban versus Leo Rush for the X Division title. Ultimate X match was booked for the show. Uh, Moose resigned with Impact Wrestling. Tommy Dreamer recovering from surgery after a third bout with skin cancer. Mickey James reportedly returned to clear action. However, she remained a free agent, apparently on a handshake deal with Impact Wrestling. Zachary Wentz returned after a long absence from the company, uh, rejoining with uh, Trey Miguel to form uh, reform the Rascals. And then uh, again, the uh, Impact Down Under shows um, Alex Shelley defended the uh, successfully defended the title against Steve Macklin. I believe he may have got hurt in this match or the match mm-hmm. after, <clears throat> but he got hurt on part of the story that would keep him out for a few months. So yeah, it was interesting. The the Shelly thing, we can go into any details and any of this yeah. that you want, but uh, when I saw the result or, or saw when Shelly beat Macklin, I was, I was definitely surprised. What about you? I was surprised and not 
to the fault of Shelley, because there's nothing. Alex Shelley is tremendous, and he's been a great champion. I was disappointed because I thought they had something in Macklin, right? Too, I was yeah. like, and I, I, I just see so much in the guy, and I know because I'm military, I tend to like, I tend to overvalue other military guys and want them to get more opportunities. Uh, you know, I do have a blind spot there, but Macklin specifically, I just think the guys got it. I think they got something with him. They they finally get him the title, and then his match that he had in May. A victory over PCO was just was one of the most insane bloodbaths ever. And the visual of him with blood squirting out of his forehead and Scott Demore having to put the title around his waist was such a great visual. I'm like, this guy is a star. And they immediately put the title over onto Shelly. And I, I look, I know Demore trained Shelly and Shelly, they got him to sign a contract. And I think they want, they've always wanted to do something with Shelly at the top of the card, but they just couldn't keep consistent dates on them on him. And so they were finally able to do that. I just felt like, man, you got, you got this guy, Macklin. I'm always of the opinion that if you, if you have the opportunity to make a guy, you make a guy and they should, like, I still think that Macklin should be champion right now. He should be on an extended run um, building a new star, but um, they probably have information that I don't have. Maybe they don't think they can keep Macklin long-term. I have no idea, but God, he is so good, man. I was just really disappointed. Yeah, I've had him on my show uh, last year, I think it was. And yeah, I would agree. I And uh, I, I just, yeah, he has this, he's different. He has this thing. Yeah. It's a um, an intensity to him. And it's, uh, I want to say it's unlike any other wrestler, but he's very unique and, and just he's, I'm just glad he's actually, you know, he got the opportunity, you know, after so many yeah. years, tag teams and NXT and not really kind of getting it. And yeah, when it was two months, like, I, 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 yeah, I, I expect him. I thought they were going to do a long run re, to really build toward that eventual Josh Alexander match that was supposed to happen yeah. in April, and they didn't do it. I just thought, yeah, I, I was, I was surprised, yeah. very surprised. I was disappointed again, not for the Alex Shelley thing, but although I was, I don't, I don't really see him as as, as world champion material. I mean, he's had a, a great run since then, but I just, yeah, I just didn't. Uh, I was more disappointed, yeah, for for Macklin because I thought. They hadn't really scratched the surface of uh, of him running face down, being like a really kind of despised guy um, at the top of the car that all these baby faces chase that chase after for you know six months yeah. or more. Yeah, when well, he ends up you know tearing his groin um, against Shelley in in Australia, so they you know ultimately they dodged a bullet, but you know they they didn't know that was going to happen. So sure, um, but um, you know. Um, Tanahashi coming in, I, I thought was, you know, them announcing Tanahashi. I, I had this uh, put the belt on Tanahashi campaign on Twitter that ultimately <laughs> failed. But uh, um, I, I, th- I thought I thought that was really cool. Um, Darren McCarty, I'm not an NHL guy, so I don't know much about Darren McCarty. I did. Um, I did reach out to some NHL fans. I think um, uh, Paul Fontaine, who Paul is Fontaine, a, yes. obviously friend of the Observer Network, does all yeah. the ratings. Um, ratings Mr. Canada. Uh, stuff yep. for you. Mr. Canada, he explained to me who that was. And then, it, and then it turns out um, a friend of mine who's like super into like hardcore death matches said that Darren McCarty's actually wrestled before and had some death matches and stuff. So really? Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I guess for like CCW or so, somebody like that. Um, so yeah, the, the, I said that he was like, um, 
like not really a good hockey player, but a guy that would get into fights. And that was like one of his thing. Like he was like a goon in hockey. So sure. um, that was explaining because I was like, okay, guys, here's Darren McCarty. He's from uh, Windsor, Ontario, which is why they brought him in. He used to play for the Red Wings. And I was like, is he famous? And they're like, famous is a strong word, but he's <laughs> kind of known in the area. So he's known in that Detroit Windsor area as being sure. a famous hockey player. So gotcha. uh, yeah, I thought, thought that was, thought that was pretty cool. Um, Leo Rush coming in. Leo Rush had a really good run in Impact. I thought he was the X Division champion for a little while. Mm-hmm. Had some really good matches. Um, and then uh, he ended up having a really good match with um with Chris Saban uh, to drop the title back to him. But yep. uh, I thought I thought he had a pretty good run. You know, um, Moose resigning with uh, with Impact was pretty much a given because I just don't know that he would be accepted anywhere else. Um, and Scott Demore trained him. Scott Demore is like his mentor, his coach, and uh, I think his agent too, which is probably pretty tough to have like the president of Impact Wrestling be your agent. But uh, um, uh, so that 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 made total sense. But you know, Zachary Wentz returning, I th- I thought was awesome because uh, you know he got he got fired from WWE for doing something really stupid when he was a teenager. And, um, and he apologized for that. And I like to see a guy like genuinely apologize, get out there and then start getting more opportunities and making the best of their, of his opportunities. And since he's been back in impact, uh, he has had a, a really good job. Uh, him and, uh, Trey Miguel are a really good tag team and they've been really fun to watch. So I'm just really happy for him that he's able to get an opportunity again. What are you, uh, I, I'm sure you've talked about this ad nauseum, but if you can, what your thoughts on the change of TNA, you excited for it? So, uh, you know, what, what's funny is, is that I actually, um, after bound for glory, I, I just, I, I was trying to get a jump on fightful cause fightful also goes live after impact pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. So I went live during the main event, like at the end of the main event, like as soon as the one, two, three was over, I just went live immediately. Right. Try to get a jump on them. So it was still on, I had my iPad up and I was like, Oh, hold on. There's still, I was like live on my, on my YouTube channel. And all of a sudden they, they cut to this video package and it's like Kazarian in the Lake of reincarnation. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm crapping on this thing the whole time. And then they got the big reveal that it's TNA and I crapped all over it because I was a guy that gave up on TNA. I quit TNA. I came back when it was impact wrestling because I thought they kind of had, they were doing something different than what everybody else was doing. And I was really enjoying it. Uh, and I had such a negative opinion of TNA whenever I had left. Um, but after that, um, it got so much positive feedback and it felt like they were getting some momentum and people were excited again. I started to get a bit excited for it. Um, and, um, hard to kill being in the Pearl at the Palms excites me because they typically go to Samstown. Now, if you guys have never been to Samstown, that place is a dump. I used to live close to it. Um, and I used to go watch this classic rock cover band there all the time called yellow brick road. And they would do like Led Zeppelin covers and like a uh, lover boy covers and stuff like that. <laughs> so I would go check them out when I lived in Las Vegas. So that place is a bit of a dump and I was excited that they're, they're on like close to the strip, not on the strip, but close to the strip at the palms um, at, at the Pearl where I've seen a lot of cool concerts. Um, so I was like, okay, they're, they're really getting after it. They're really doing something. And then, um, but since then, they haven't really been doing anything to promote hard to kill. Like they're not really doing weekly shows. This past week was IPWF, which is them cosplaying as 80s gimmicks. They're not building to anything. They have no feuds actively going. Um, and they've only sold a little over 500 tickets so far, and they still got over 600 left for sale. So they're like under 50% sold, and they're just about a little over a month out. So 
um, the momentum that they did have is is gone. It's dead. Um, but I, they can get it back if they get some cool signings and stuff like that. But look, it you know people never really stopped calling it TNA completely. You know, it's always kind of been TNA to people. So it's like, you might as well throw the logo back on there. I know some of their international business partners still called it TNA and it advertised it as such. So uh, I, I think it's fine to call it TNA. Uh, and I think the negative connotation of that name, like the double entendre doesn't really exist anymore. Like, I think that died with guys like our age. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you were to you know say tits and ass to like a guy in his 20s he's probably not going to know that that's that's what tna stood for sure, in the yeah. 90s right like yeah. in the jerry springer howard stern era so <laughs> like it it doesn't that doesn't really exist anymore so i think when people think of tna um they 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 think of pro wrestling and i i got to give a shout out to one of my colleagues of voices of wrestling um garrett kidney who runs the T, the, the tna youtube channel and their their twitter account and he does a really good job of highlighting the cool things that tna did over the years um, highlighting all the cool matches and some of the cool angles and also making light of the dumb things that they did and and really generating a lot of positive like memories and people kind of look back with rose colored glasses and um you know kind of reliving some of their childhood with tna um to where he's actually made it kind of like you know kind of cool a little bit with with yeah. what they're doing so um shout out to him and i think that was all very helpful so hopefully 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 they get some of the momentum back that they had in october and november because uh, in, in december now it's it's basically dead yep uh japan we'll go through this uh new japan revealing their g1 climax 33 participants the blocks and the schedules uh be coming up rather shortly they held uh, dominion one of their big shows of the year brian danielson Challenging Okada via video on that show. Of course, that would happen at Forbidden Door. This happened prior to Forbidden Door, the show, obviously. Osprey Omega 2 was confirmed after Osprey picked up a win over Lance Archer at the show. Uh, Akira and TJP regaining the, regaining the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles of Bishimon, which is made up of Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto winning the IWGP Tag Team and New Japan Strong Tag Team titles. Those were vacated by Aussie Open the prior month. So they won those at the show as well. John Moxley announced his team with Homicide at New Japan Strong Independence Day against El Desperado and June Kasai. And then afterward, John Moxley challenging Des- Desperado to a final death match, which uh, would happen later on in the year, <laughs> which uh, was uh, quite wild. Uh, a company held, uh, or uh, three companies, uh, New Japan, All Japan, Noah held all together again. Uh, nothing really of note happening out of that show, just a lot of multi-person matches. Will Nightingale versus uh, Julia for the uh, Strong Women's title was added to that Independence Day uh, events of uh, the second night. Uh, Fred Rosser explains missing those shows, saying it was due to circumstances beyond his control. And the company announces a new faction, which is Raiwa, I think. Three Musketeers. I'm not a big New Japan person, so I'm probably butchering that. Okay. But uh, uh, Shota Umino, Ren Narita, and uh, Yorosuji, uh, a new faction there. Apparently, it's like the third or fourth iteration of that uh, that team um, throughout history. So thoughts about any of that? Uh, you know, the three Musketeers, um, it's basically like these are the three guys that they're going to be getting behind in the future. That's that's essentially what that means. Got it. That they're they're young, they were you know, young boys for a long time, but now they're top guys. So they came out to announce that they're top guys. They're not exactly a faction though. Okay, um, got but it. yeah, but th- those are definitely three guys, specifically in my opinion, Yoda Suji, whom I think that they should be really uh building around. Um and, uh, you know, Umino, Umino is really good. And so is Renarita, but I think Yoda Suji, as far as I'm concerned, is probably the, the best of the three. Um, and now, uh, Moxley and, uh, homicide being on a new Japan show is wild to me. And then them doing a death match, 
the, essentially the the, uh, the match they did against uh, Desperado and Jun Kasai was was crazy because Jun Kasai is a Japanese deathmatch wrestler, and I uh-huh. was not very familiar with him. But before this, and then I watched this match, I was like, "Geez, <laughs> uh, <laughs> was uh, that that was crazy." I watched the All Together Again um, show just because you know it's kind of you know it was kind of a cool like unique type of experience to see the three you know major companies in Japan getting together for like a super show. But you're right, nothing really happened. But it was kind of fun to watch, and uh, you know, getting to see like. You know Kento Miyahara and um, you know um, guys from Noah and guys from New Japan all being in the same ring was was pretty fun. But kind of a quiet month for New Japan, honestly. Other than some uh, outside of some really you know a couple of big matches early in the year and here late later in the year, it's been kind of a quiet year for New Japan. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, uh, and Phil, we said you know the same thing uh, last year, a transitional year, and them trying to kind of find their way uh, post uh, post pandemic. But yeah, they really haven't fully. Haven't really got to where they were, and and I don't know if they ever will. What that's going to take, but yeah, they just uh, you know they exist. I think that might be yeah, by the best way of putting it. And, and they, they obviously have a a ton of stars and everything like that. But yeah, it's uh yeah they're all right, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and they're but they're losing stars left and right. Like they just lost Osprey earlier this year. They lost Jay White. Um, Kota Ibushi left, you know, a couple years ago, but he just signed with AEW. Uh, actually, he just, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but he popped up on Noah this morning. He's going to wrestle Mara Fuji coming up on uh, mm. January 2nd. So, yes, I did see which, that. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, should, should be, uh, should be pretty big for them, but yeah, kind of, kind of a weird year for new Japan, but hopefully this, uh, there are three musketeers. Hopefully they just, you know, start to get around, you know, build around those guys. Um, yeah. I think that's what, that's what, uh, this company needs is some new energy and new blood at the top of the cards. I would agree. Yeah, David. Dave is very into Yosuji as well. He thinks he should be the uh, IWGP World Champion. Says Sonata. I know he's mentioned that yeah. on WR before. Uh, oh, yeah. ju- the Juncture. Let's go through the rest. Not a ton here, but I mean, I had to lead off with this: the Iron Sheik passing away <laughs> at 81 years old. A uh, WWE Hall of Famer, uh, someone that is was pop culturally known um, along with all these other 80 stars. And as these guys pass away, we're going to you know start hearing this more mm-hmm. and more. Just uh, a character beyond belief. Uh, I think his, <laughs> uh, if you ever watched the chic documentary, he kind of had a, uh, these guys kind of get behind him, kind of a, a social media team. And I thought that, you know, his Twitter presence kind of made him a, uh, a viral star in, in a lot of ways. And this uh, later on, it, it, most of it probably was not him, but uh, people really kind of get <laughs> into it, being insulted by yeah. him, especially you go after celebrities and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, it was clips of him being on Howard Stern and all this stuff. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah the Irish Heat, just a, a legendary uh, a figure and obviously uh, known so well for um, just the character. But obviously, you know, the, the start of Hulkamania truly began when uh, Hogan beat him on uh, January 23rd, 1984. I don't know how I remember oh, that look, date. Look at you. Still, yeah. One of those, those days I remember as a kid, <laughs> I always, I read, I had this yeah. book and I always read. So yeah, I, I can see it was like eight minutes, 53 seconds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a, it was a moment, but yeah, I, I, we'll go on the rest of this, but any uh, long lasting thoughts of the Iron Sheik? You know, that guy lived about six lifetimes, right? Because, yeah. you know, if yeah. you watch the Sheik documentary, what an amazing life he had in Iran. Right. You know, as a, as a, you know, an amateur or a, you know, a collegiate wrestler, an amateur wrestler, and, and then a bodyguard for the Shah. And then he comes over to the United States and becomes a pro wrestler. And he was an AAU coach and an Olympic coach and all that stuff and gets discovered by Vern. So, you know, and then his wrestling career, you know, before the drugs and, and alcohol really started to take over and life on the road, like he was very good. 
Uh, he had he had really good heel runs in a lot of different territories, and then it culminated there in the WWF when he started Hulkamania. But before he started it, you know, he him and Sergeant Slaughter were on top for a long time. On in uh, they were like the top headlining act at the same time Hulk Hogan was there. Um, Slaughter and uh, Slaughter and Sheik were doing their thing. Um, so he he was a he was a, a big big star. But I I'll always you know that that was a when I was a real little kid. But by the time I started watching wrestlers as a teenager, he had, he had been retired. So I really got to know him more because of my love of Howard Stern and hearing him on the <laughs> Howard Stern show, yeah. him insulting Artie Lang and saying things that you just cannot say anymore. And I won't repeat any of the things that he was calling Artie, but um, or or anybody else on on that show. But him going after Bubba the Love Sponge has a warm spot in my heart with the things he used to say <laughs> to him. So um, he he was a he was really really tremendous on those shows. And of course, uh, the the kids that ran the social media. Um, I, I, you know, they, they deserve to have their own place in the WWE hall of fame. Cause they kept the Sheik alive all those years. Um, people did. were having full blown arguments, not knowing that Sheik probably never even looked at Twitter a day in his life. <laughs> yeah. That documentary was, uh, it's, it's well worth the watch. It was, uh, gotta get a sense of, of the, the man behind him. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, other uh, notes from the month we had, uh, Trevor Murdoch and, uh, Mike Knox. Yes. Mike Knox still in the game, uh, winning the NWA Crockett cup. For those people still care about the NWA, uh, Blake Christian won the GCW title at the uh, Tournament of Survival 8, I think it was, uh, defeating um, Masha Slamovich and Yamashita, I think was in the main event there in a three-way. Uh, Roosh said he and his father quit AAA. I think we've seen that headline a lot throughout the years. Mercedes Monet was eyed for a role in a uh, Bad Bunny Spider-Man spinoff film that eventually would get shelved. Jessica McKay, a.k.a. Billy Kay, uh, formerly the Iconics and uh, formerly in... Of course, Impact uh, Knockouts Tag Team Champion announced that she and her husband were pregnant. Ted DiBiase called the Mississippi welfare scandal a bunch of garbage. And he later revealed mm. that he's dealing with severe brain trauma. Any promotion, uh, I think first pro wrestling, if I remember, it, announced they were returning to the Mall of America in Minneapolis for the second straight year. Of course, the uh, home of the very first Nitro. Uh, AEW, surprisingly, has never gone there, even though I believe the venue said they would love to have them or would say that they would certainly be open to having them. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Uh Umaga's son made his pro wrestling debut for Booker T's reality of wrestling. Speaking of the NWA, Billy Clorgan uh, had to clarify his quote unquote, you're not a wrestling fan quote about NWA champion Tyrus. That basically if you didn't like him, you're not a wrestling uh-huh. fan. Uh, former AEW talent, Sadie Gibbs announced she was returning to the ring after a short retirement. Jacob Fatu was announced of uh, accused of a no showing a charity event and then not returning the payment. So uh, good headlines there. And uh, former WWE star, Alicia Fox announced she was making her return to the ring as well thoughts about any of that man mike knox huh in uh <laughs> in the yes. Cro- crockett cup wow you know it's so funny i um because impact has kind of been off for the last couple of weeks I, i'm like but i still like people pay to li- listen to me talk about impact i'm still doing impact podcast so i went down in aces and eights rabbit hole and i just remember the reveal of mike knox they called him nux in aces and eights <laughs> Um, but I, I did a whole Aces and Eights retrospective for my show. That's uh, that's pretty funny. Um, you know, Jessica McKay, congrats on the sex and congrats on the pregnancy. Yep. I, you know, good good for you there. Um, Ted DiBiase, uh, coming from a family of criminals apparently, because his son is in deep deep trouble. Him and Brett Favre, I guess. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how all that plays out. But Brett Favre is also not happy with Pat McAfee and uh, Shannon Sharp accusing him of talk of of the things that he's being accused of by the government there in the state of Mississippi. <laughs> so. He's been suing people for even talking about it, but that that whole thing is going to blow wide open, and I think a lot of people are going to go down for that. Yeah. Um. What 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 a scummy scummy situation that is. But you know, Billy Corgan, you know this guy, 
It says, if you're not a fan of Tyrus, who is wrestling like he's Andre the Giant in 1992, right? Can barely move. He's flopping around like a walrus. Um, and apparently you're not a fan of pro wrestling if you're not a fan of Tyrus. Well, Tyrus retired recently, so thank God. And that's really been a helpful to to the NWA. But yeah, Corgan kind of tanking his own his own promotion. Hopefully you get a chance to talk about uh, Father James Mitchell and what he did on paper oh, with will. one of your yeah. guests later this year. So <laughs> yeah. I'll let you guys do that. But Billy Corgan uh, also was on Howard Stern talking about uh, his experiences with lizard people in real life. So that's the guy that's running the NWA. Huh. Lizard people is in like Scientology, like that type of stuff, or no, like like people that are lizards, right? Like lizard lizard people. There's a whole conspiracy theory about lizard people have infiltrated the U.S. federal government, and he is a believer of that. So he's actually going to be coming out with a book about his encounters with lizard people in real life. It's a whole thing with this guy. So, but wow. um, despite all that, Smashing Pumpkins is still awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes they they are yeah you, you won't get me to say a bad thing ever about the smashy pumpkins but billy corgan is quite the character i saw them this summer um and it was before the actually i think it might have been in june what was it it was it was the night before pay-per-view and okay. and so the pay-per-view was um was it that it was down south somewhere and i saw him here in new hampshire and he oh. he briefly oh, nice. mentioned about he didn't mention the NWA at all, but during kind of one of the breaks, he was talking with uh, James Eha, his guitar lead guitarist, and uh, it mentioned that there was a you know we had a wrestling pay per view tomorrow. It's just kind of like he sheepishly <laughs> kind of introduced it and didn't really like you know try to like it's it's funny that you know he's the ultimate kind of like showman and like car- cross promotion things like that, but he didn't seem to have any interest or there was no like. Um, you know, for the show, they have, you know, run ads or things like that. There was no NWA stuff. There was, there was nothing like he, there's, he doesn't really seem that much interest. I think there's a crossover between, you know, the NWA and, uh, and smashing pumpkins fans other than, you know, these tours of Australia and things like that, where they did shows. I, I think he very much realizes that his smashing pumpkins fan base is very different than a pro wrestling fan base. Mm. Um, because like they were, they were so huge in the nineties and they're one of my favorite bands, but their music other than a couple of songs don't really translate to pro wrestling. Obviously bullet with butterfly wings was a very popular song to, I think TNA used it for lockdown one year. And, um, and so, you know, their, but their music doesn't really translate like to, to, uh, to pro wrestling very well. So I, I just don't, I just don't see a big crossover between the two fan bases. So he's probably smartly not pushing it on people. Even when he does Stern, he doesn't really talk like Stern will ask him about it. But he doesn't really get into it very much. He's he kind of sticks to the Smashing Pumpkins. So, um, and uh, yeah, he probably just doesn't want to ruin the the Smashing Pumpkins image because that is his bread and butter. That's basically what's financing NWA at this point. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, good money after bad. Um, so before I let you go, obviously you know we're wrapped up in June. Uh, a lot of stuff happened throughout the course of the month. We've talked about over the last hour plus. But uh, yeah, I want to give you a chance to go ahead and plug away and tell people. Again, where they should go to uh, to follow you on social and where they can listen to a couple of shows and uh, Patreon, the floor is yours. Yeah, speaking of uh, 90s rock bands, my Twitter account is uh, at MikeGilbert311311, at MikeGilbert311, um, and uh, you can follow me there. Um, also, check us out on the Voices of Wrestling uh, podcasting network. Uh, we, we come out every Friday, and we also go live every Thursday night on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel, so you can check us out there. And We also have our own YouTube channel, just to look up the uh, Mike and JD Show on YouTube, and we also have our own Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD Show. Uh, right now, so JD has a book coming out 
Uh, it's about it's called Gaijin, and it's about a a pro wrestler that left the WWE and is heading back to Japan, where he made his name, and uh, he gets caught up in a drug smuggling scheme with the yakuza. Uh, and so he's actually releasing chapters of his book every single week on our Patreon. So you can uh, you can read that before the book actually gets released um, worldwide. So that's going to be coming out to a, a bookstore and obviously Amazon near you. You'd be able to download it digitally. But if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get early access to it. So lots of stuff, lots of podcasts, lots of articles, lots of cool things coming down the pike for the Mike and JD show. Cool. Yeah. Check them out. Mike Gilbert 311. Amber is the color of his energy. You know, yes, we'll, sir. Uh, we'll say that, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, honestly, uh, thanks for uh, for joining us again. Second straight year will be a third next year, and uh, have a great holiday season from uh, myself and all the listeners in blue, uh, beautiful Hawaii. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it, Mike Gilbert. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs>